Hello, thanks for joining us for worship today. My name is Michaela, and I'm thankful to be a part of the Heritage team. No matter where you are in your spiritual journey, we are so glad that you are here with us today. As a church, we exist to connect people to God, to each other, and to their purpose. So today, we invite you to worship with us in song, prayer, and teaching. Feel free to engage however is most comfortable for you. We believe that God has something to say to you today. So if this is your first time joining us for service, or if you have any questions, prayer requests, or want to talk to one of our pastors, please go to heritageqc.com connect, and someone from the pastoral team will contact you soon. We are excited and expectant for what God is going to do in our time together. So let's lift our voice as we worship Him today.
believe, oh I believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise, let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Sing that again. Oh, I believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise, let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. better believe that the word heritage is, a, is, very, is used in our house a lot. <laughs> and so um, you're like these mystery people that I hear about, but I don't know. And that is interesting. Um, Chris and I, you know, we've done ministry together for years. We've been married a little over 32 years, and we've planted a couple churches, and I'm, I'm used to doing ministry with him and knowing the people. I'm a people person. And so um, we're going to jump into this morning's message. One of the things that you should know about me is I'm notoriously late. I've tried so hard. I'm just like, always late. Um, I live very much in the moment. And that means that right now, you're the only people who matter, matter in my world. Like, I'm here with you. But they keep reminding me, and actually, I have no idea because I see no clock. So, there's a clock. Oh, look, it's up there, and it's counting down, and it's telling me, ma'am, you need to wrap it up because you need to get back in the car and go to Iowa. I mean, this is crazy. And so, <laughs> hi. Um, I didn't really tell you about all that stuff about me, but, uh, you know, let's pray, and then I want to share, um, yeah, just some of my journey with you and where I think it might cross, intersect your life too, Okay. Lord, you are beautiful. You are so far beyond anything I can comprehend. And I love that about you, God. I pray, Lord, that just as I've been praying for weeks, that the words of my mouth and the scripture that I've meditated on to bring this morning, that it would be pleasing to you, God. 
And as I've also prayed, Lord, that you would prepare the soil of these beautiful people within the reach of my voice, God, that you would prepare the soil of their heart to hear your spirit speak to them because you're always drawing us near. You're always wanting to move us closer to you. So we love you, Lord. We open our hearts and our minds to what you want to say, not for information, God, but for transformation. We love you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. So, unlike my husband, I was not born and raised in the church. I was raised in a non-Christian, non-church-going home. And um, by the grace of God, I, I learned about Jesus when I was 14, and I accepted him. And I'm so glad I did, because honestly, even the first 14 years of my life, maybe not all 14, but maybe like the four at the end there, I was going in a super terrible wrong trajectory. Uh, one of the stories that I had in my notes that I took out for the sake of time, but I'm going to throw it in because I think it just helps you see where I was. Um, so I was in eighth grade when I accepted Jesus, and I was actually at a church where my brother was going. And um, I had met a couple friends there, and we're sitting in church. I was literally, I believe, in the second or third row of church. I lean over to this girl I'm sitting next to in church, and I say to her, I say, hey, I brought some cigarettes. Do you want to smoke after church? And she looked at me like I had three heads, and she's like, ah, I think that sounds like a really bad idea. And I was like, oh, okay. Little did I know that was a bad idea. And, um, but it was the next day. What I love about that, I, I feel like I need to say that because I say this to my teenage daughter. You don't have to be a side street evangelist to tell people about Jesus. That girl said, hmm, I think that sounds like a really bad idea. That is what catapulted me to the next day, sitting on the couch in my living room going, huh, Jesus, could you forgive me of my sins? I don't want to keep making bad decisions. It was that simple. I, I like credit her for leading me to the Lord, though she didn't. And so I encourage you. Sometimes it's that simple of a thing that you say to somebody. One little line that makes them go, huh, okay, maybe I want to have a, make a different choice. So I digress. Where were we? Um, so then as a young adult, uh, fast forwarding, I could become a Christian. I do the teenage, like one foot in, one foot out thing. Finally, as a young adult, I, I got baptized and I decided, Jesus, I am all in. And I drew a line in the sand and thank God I've never looked back. Now you might think, great, her life has been like peaches and cream ever since. I mean, she's like married to this lovely pastor man and all of that. And you would be very wrong. Um, and so the truth is, is that I found myself somewhere between then and now um, being deathly ill, um, being told by doctors that had they not done a certain thing on Saturday, I would have been dead by Tuesday, um, and the recovery process of, of that, um, being in an in-treatment program for depression, going 16 years without having children, who, if you knew me, you would know that everybody used to say to me, like, I'm, I was made to be a mom. 
I, I, some people are like, can these kids grow up yet? Like, you know, I want to have like adult children. But I'm like, I'm a nurturer. I'm a mommy. Like, that's what I'm really good at. And, and yet, that was like out of reach, out of reach, out of reach, out of reach for years. But the difference has been in all of those things. And you all have your own story. We all have a story. The Holy Spirit has been the difference maker for me. And so, I know we just met, but I want you to trust me that Holy Spirit, sometimes called the Spirit of God or referred to in different names, just as Jesus is referred to, and just as God the Father is referred to, you know, there's lots of names in the Bible. Um, but Holy Spirit is all throughout Scripture, from creation to the incarnation, right? The Holy Spirit came upon Mary. That's how we have Jesus. Um, and then if you fast forward through the ministry of, of, of Jesus, he gets to the end, and this is in John like 13 through 17, where Jesus is saying, I need to fulfill what the Father sent me to do, which is to die on the cross, and then he's going to go back to heaven. And if you read the scripture in there, it's actually kind of cute to see these, these men who are freaking out. And they're like, but Jesus, you can't go. Like, we need you. What are we going to do? Oh, my gosh. And so if you look there, you will see there are multiple times where Jesus is like, I'm sending the helper. I'm sending the advocate. I'm sending, I'm sending, I'm sending. He keeps saying it. So John 16, 7 says, but in fact, this is quoting Jesus. He goes, but in fact... It is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate, who is the Holy Spirit, he won't come. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And so we're all pretty trusting of Jesus, right? And so I figure if Jesus says it's better for him to go because he's sending the Holy Spirit to indwell me, and that's who he wants me to, he wants me to relate with Holy Spirit, then I can relax about the Holy Spirit. One of the things I love about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is they're not in competition. Now, you probably have competition in your house. Like one kid thinks they're better than the other. Or maybe you did with your siblings. We have competition like, oh, you're the smart one. Oh, you're the athletic one. You're the whatever. I'm better at that. Holy Spirit, Jesus the Son, God the Father, they're always telling us we are three and we are one. We are you know, and it's not to confuse us. Actually, I, it's part of what I said in my prayer is that I love that God is so much bigger than I can possibly wrap this little mind around. And you can be the smartest person on the face of the earth and you can't figure out God. And I think that's really awesome. I don't want my God to be something I can deconstruct and figure out. I want him to be so incredible. So there are many, many, many verses throughout scripture that tell us um, about the Holy Spirit. He is supernatural. He does speak to us in our spirit. And as Jesus said in John 14 through 16, the Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our advocate. He's our guide. He's our comforter. He's our teacher. And so much more. But one of the things I know is that when I know, I've just been around long enough to know that when I start talking about the Holy Spirit, some people start getting a little nervous. 
and sometimes for good reason. You're kind of like, where's the nearest exit? <laughs> Where is she going with this? Um, and so I am sorry for any of you who have been in a situation where something was done in the name of the Holy Spirit that was actually just weird. Here's what I want to say. Holy Spirit, he's supernatural, but what he's not is he's not weird. You know what's weird? People are weird. And people do weird things and they blame it on the Holy Spirit. And so as Chris Kane says, people stop being weird, um, okay? And so the Holy Spirit is supernatural. I'm also sorry because here's a whole another big swath of people that I know who have been taught, well, Holy Spirit was back there. You're like, he's in the Bible. Like, keep him on the pages of scripture. That's, that's, you know, he was doing his thing back then. But that's not what Jesus says, okay? And so my encouragement to all of us is to let's not run away from any part of God, including Holy Spirit. Instead, let's run into understanding him more, experiencing him more. So I'm going to take you through um, one passage of scripture. It's Romans 15, 13. It's one of my very favorite verses. Paul is writing to the believers in Rome, and I believe it completely applies to us all around the globe forever. It says this, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to unpack this. I love that at the very beginning, it's describing who our God is. He is the God of hope, one of his many names, God of hope. That's the person that we center our, our, our hope on. That's the one we fix our eyes on. May the God of hope fill you, not just a splash, not three quarters full like Starbucks tries to pass off on you sometimes, not three quarters full, but full. May the God of hope fill you with what? With all joy and peace. Now, I won't lie to you, I literally had like 45 pages of notes and y'all didn't want to spend all day here. And so we're going to skip over all the lovely things I had to say about joy and peace, except to say this, joy and peace are fruits of the Spirit, right? If you know that scripture, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. We don't always feel joyful. We don't always feel happy. Those are totally different things. The presence of the Holy Spirit does bring joy. And our proximity to him influences our joy and our peace. So, um, sorry, I have to find it. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. But how? As you trust in him. See, faith is active. And this verse shows us what to do, trust. You know, I can go around my house in the dark and I know my way, but do you know why I know my way in the dark? Because I know my way in the light. When it's still light in my house, I push in the chair, I move the shoes out of the hallway, I do that. So if I get up in the night and I need to make my way, I'm like two steps, here's the banister, blah, 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 I know my way in the dark. And this seems like a counterintuitive statement, but what we sow in the light, we reap in the dark. 
What you sow during the seasons of your life when you're not sick and you're not battling depression and you're not overcome by the disappointment of infertility. So what you sow in the light, you reap in those dark seasons. Whatever your dark season is, you know what it is for yourself. So get to know him in the light. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that, did you know, I read the New Living Translation and the only reason I'm not holding it is because it's got small print and I can't see it without glasses. So I'm using notes, but trust me, I'm all into the Bible. Um, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that. In the New Living Translation, so that appears 200, over 250 times. It is awesome. I, I kinda dare you to find it. It is beautiful because what happens, like I might say to my kids, put your shoes on so that we can go to the park. All throughout scripture, God is saying, do this so that this can happen. It's just, it's one of my favorite things in the Bible. I have little STs all over my Bible. Um, So we trust in him so that you. Sometimes we think, God's promises don't apply to us. But that's not what I read in Ephesians 1. It says that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we're united with Christ. If you've accepted the gift of Jesus, then you have every spiritual blessing. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may what? Overflow, overflow. Have you ever seen a window box that's overflowing with gorgeous flowers? I want that so bad, but I don't really have a window for it and it wouldn't look like that if it was at my house, trust me. But you know how people sometimes put like fake flowers in a window box and you're like, no, 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 that's not right. And it's like not abundant enough, right? And so overflow, Jesus gave his life so that we could live a full, abundant life, right? So ask yourself, am I living the life that Jesus died to give me? Trust in him so that you may overflow with hope. How many of you would say that our world and our individual lives could use a little hope, a little overflowing with hope? I mean, our world's gone mad. Our personal lives are, right? So we choose to put our trust in God and we expect with confidence to find him even in those difficult places, overflowing. But how are we overflowing? With hope, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Luke 24, 49 says, and now Jesus is talking again, I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. And there's another verse, not the slide person's fault, my fault, because I didn't give it to them. Ephesians 1, 13, I love this verse. It says, and when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit. 
whom he promised long ago. See, Holy Spirit's everywhere. Like you read the Bible, he's everywhere. And you know where else he is? He's right here. He's dwelling in you. There isn't anything that you face that Holy Spirit isn't already there. So when you're looking at your stack of bills, and it's bigger than the stack of bills, you know, the green ones, oh, how is this going to work? Okay, Holy Spirit, you're right here. What is your wisdom for me in this? And you could apply that to five million more examples that I'm not going to attempt. So let me give you an illustration. You know, if I had some really long-lost relative, and you know, maybe you had a long-lost relative, and, and you find out that you miraculously got this inheritance, this huge sum of money that's enough to build your dream home. And so you're like, let's do it. We've always wanted to do it. Let's build our dream home. So you find a lot that's in a lovely new subdivision. You know, the developers come in and they've, they've parceled off the lots. They've, they put in the sidewalks and the streets. They've run all the utilities to each of the, the, the sites. They've done all that. You, you pick out your house plan. You actually get to choose like the finishes on the inside, all the light fixtures, the, the contractor's bringing it all to life, right? The contractor's putting in the, the, hanging those beautiful like chandelier in your entryway and, and the light switches and the outlets and the state of the art appliances, all the things. Maybe you got some like nice up lighting outside or whatever's the end thing. And so that's really beautiful. But you and I both know, what does that house need in order to really fulfill your dream for it? What does it need? It needs power, right? You need to plug into the power grid that the developer brought into the neighborhood, brought to your lot, and so your contractor needs to plug into that power source so that all of those lovely features can come to, to life, right? Now, could you live in that house without power? That's a question, yes or no? Yes, you could. I mean, ask over a billion people in the world, can you survive without electricity? Yes, you can. But would we want to? No, why? Because we're Americans and we've learned that, well, convenience, we really like to flip buttons and switch things and plug it in and all that. We like that, we want to live with power in the natural, right? Well, we want to live with power in our spirit too. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. So um, I want to give you another little illustration. So we happen to live, um, our home in Michigan backs up to, sorry, excuse me. I feel like I'm dancing with this table here. Um, in Michigan, we, our home backs up to some woods. And the, the woods happen to be owned by our local school district. Well, they've recently decided, after our neighborhood has been there 25 plus years, that they need a fence around their property. And that's fine, it's their property. They can do whatever they want. Um, I'm not bitter. But, um, but I thought, no problem, put up a fence. That's all cool. Who knew? that you needed a 10 foot wide swath in order to put in said fence. And so they're coming through 
I, clearly they did not speak to the environmentalists or they wouldn't have done this. But anyways, they're coming through and they're cutting down a 10-foot wide swath all the way around their property line in order to put in a chain link fence that is approximately an inch wide. I mean, I don't get it, but it's okay. Um, really, poor birds, poor creatures, it's okay. Um, but when they came through, do you want to know how I knew they were coming through? Not because we got like a nice letter from the school district who said, hey, we're going to come chop down a bunch of your trees. Nope. They, um, I heard them coming because, let me see what's under here. I don't want to hurt myself. I could hurt myself. You know what's under here because I gave it away. Okay. Do you think those men, they were men. It's okay, I love men and women. I don't have any, any issues, trust me. Um, okay, but they were guys. Do you think they came with this little, little dude to chop down their 10-foot swath? No, why? This is completely inefficient for the job, okay? You know they came with this sucker. And I would turn it on, but we would have an injury. Um, okay. They came with a power saw and I heard them coming, like four houses down, you know, like, <laughs> you know? and so did you show a picture of my backyard? Cause it's really pretty. It's, it's not going to look like that anymore, but, um, I have a slide with my backyard. What? What's behind me? Yeah. See those trees. They're cutting some of them down. Um, but it's okay. And that is my spot. That's my favorite place to spend time alone with Jesus. 60 degrees, six o'clock in the morning with my little fire table. That's my favorite place. Okay, why do I bring power saws to church? I didn't, but thank you to the men who did. Um, to say that we need to be empowered. The hand saw is inefficient for what we need. We don't want to live in a house that's lovely and not powered, okay? I remember... We, uh, we have precious friends in Africa. I've had a beautiful opportunity to go to Africa many times. And um, on my very first trip there, my second day, I met a precious couple. And um, we've been able to bring them to the U.S. And when they came to our house, they were in my car. And I pulled up in front of my house and I pushed a button in my car. Do you all have that button in your car? And it does what? It opens your garage door. My friend about fell out of the car. He was like, did you just push a button in your car and it opened a door on your house? I was like, yeah, and I'm gonna pull my car in that. You're gonna park your car in the house? This is how it looks to them. And so why do I tell you that? Because my friends, Pilo and Tamara, they'd never seen that. They were unaware of what kind of power, what kind of technology we had access to. And that's how it is for some of us with Holy Spirit. We don't know. So, I have been in your seat, maybe thousands, I'm, I'm really bad with math, so a lot. <laughs> I've listened to a lot of messages. And um, I know that you come, you listen, you maybe take notes, you leave and you probably forget most of what you heard. And um, 
That's why pastors repeat themselves a lot, friends. I'm just telling you because they're trying to make sure you get it. Um, so I, I did give you, um, I came up with an acrostic because I like words and I like acrostics. So I came up with an acrostic that I'm hoping we can talk through. The first one is A. The word is aware. The first one is A, and it's acknowledge your need for him. For some of us, that means that we need to accept the gift of forgiveness and begin a relationship with Jesus the way I did when I was 14. You might say, I really can't point to a time when I know that I made that decision. So that's the first step. Others of us need to admit that we are not living an empowered life with the Holy Spirit. There are a lot of reasons why we don't. Sometimes it's confusion or control issues, or it's clutter. Our mind and our world is too cluttered. Sometimes it's our choices that we're making. You know that you're doing things that are offensive to God, and so you just keep your distance. I have made it a practice almost every day for a very long time um, to pray Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Psalm 139, 23 and 24. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. I'm giving you permission to point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. I want to say something about that because I used, when I first started praying that every day, I always felt like I was such a wretch that surely God would be like, well, now that you mentioned it, you know, here, let's talk about that. And what I realized is that if Holy Spirit wants to say something to me, he will. I don't have to sit there and be like, I'm sure there's something. My gosh, this is coming to my mind. I mean, <laughs> you can see why I had some issues earlier. Okay, you know, so I learned to relax and be like, if Holy Spirit wanted to say to me, you know, Mary, yeah, like what you said yesterday to that person, that, that was gossip. And, and, yeah, I'm offended by that. I mean, he doesn't full-on go to say I'm offended, but he might point out a conversation will come back to my mind, something I said to somebody. And I'm like, Holy Spirit, you're right. Forgive me. And if it's necessary, I, I, I need to write to that person and say, uh, you know, please forgive me. I should not have said what I said about so-and-so. I was gossiping. Like, own it, okay? Sometimes it's actually a warning that he gives me. It's more like the attitude that you're developing about that situation or towards that person, you're on a slippery slope. So he sometimes like, he stops me before I fall off the edge, okay? Um, and many other things, but that's a beautiful prayer to pray. So that's A, and I'll keep going. Um, w, wake up to his presence. A simple yet life-changing step of recognizing his presence in you. Romans 8:11 says, "The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you." Yes, thank you, God. Thank you. He knew this was going to be really rough down here. 
He did. And he certainly didn't mean for us to live it on our own. You know, my dad was not a believer until he was like 67 years old and he died at 71. He lived a very short life with Jesus. Thank God he did for those four years. But my dad used to belittle the whole like, yeah, those people, it's a crutch. Going to church, having a relationship with the man upstairs, that's just a crutch. I'm like, ain't no crutch. I used to argue with my dad and be like, it's not a crutch. It's a choice. Like, this life is rough. I want to live it with Jesus. I want to live it with the one who, you know, can give me the, what's the next step on the path? I mean, God says, I will show you the path, right, of everlasting life. Okay, wake up. Wake up to the fact that he's right here, as I already said. When you receive a phone call and it's not the diagnosis that you wanted, he is right there. When your kid goes AWOL one more time, Holy Spirit is right there to give you the wisdom, to give you the perspective. He's right there. And I think it goes to also saying like, you're right here, so what are you saying? What are you showing me? What's my next step? Like engage him. I'm a talker. I'm glad that God likes for me to talk to him because he talks back. It's awesome. And he speaks in my spirit. Okay, God doesn't be like, whoa, whoa. He doesn't do that. I'm not weird. Um, okay. <laughs> you might, you're like, I don't know, ma'am. I'll dis disagree with that. That's okay. Okay, the next A. So we have A, acknowledge. W, wake up to his presence. Secondly, abide. Hang out. Like abide is not a word we often use, but what it, what it means, it's like remain, dwell, hang around. So come to him, hungry and humble, okay? He loves that, and he'll meet you right there. It looks like a lot of different things for a lot of different people. That's what's so awesome about God. He doesn't have like kisses the one size fits all. And if you don't come to me in this way, shape, and form, at this time of day, blah, blah, blah. When I first started getting really serious about spending time alone with God, I spent time with him at 10 o'clock at night. Do you want to know why? That was the best hour of my day, 10 o'clock at night. My peach tea in the guest room at the desk, me and Jesus, with, with a CD Walkman um, on the desk and my little headphones, you know, hung into it. Okay, so there's a lot of different ways to experience him. R is renew. Renew your mind with his word. You know, kind of newsflash, the world is full of a lot of voices, right? And a lot of confusion. And so many of us are either confused or we're believing lies. Our minds are a battlefield and we need truth. So we need to say, God, what are you saying to me? And my encouragement to you is, you know, is maybe listening to, to scripture while you're getting ready in the morning. There's free apps like YouVersion, it's free. Dwell, you can pay and have this really cool South African guy read you the scripture, it's awesome. Um, so listening, letting that fill the airwaves of your home or worship. But right now I'm on my point about the word, so I'm gonna stick there. Um, go searching for the Holy Spirit's presence in scripture. 
Where do you see him? Where do you see the Spirit of God throughout the Bible? He's everywhere. I mentioned that in the New Living Translation, there's over 250 times of so that. Go find him. Or maybe you just choose one verse like I did this morning, Romans 15, 13, and you camp out and you dissect it. And my husband's coming to say, you need to wrap it up because we have to go back to Bettendorf. Um, And finally, he's going to take my notes right away from me. Um, Embrace the, don't take my notes because I won't remember what I was supposed to say. Embrace the empowered life. And this, I have to say why I chose the word embrace. You might be like, she was looking in the dictionary for the letter E. What could she find? That is not true. I chose embrace on purpose because y'all don't know me very well, but if you knew me for five minutes, you would know that I am a hugger. And if I know you for very long, I'm going to hug you. And if you don't like it, I'll probably hug you longer. And so I am a hugger. And when I hug somebody, they are embraced and they know it. They know they've been hugged. And so what I want you to do is embrace this empowered life, like hang on to it, grip it, hold on to it. Like make sure you know it's there. Okay. That's the point I'm making with that. And so with that, what, can, what does four minutes mean? Yeah, they didn't set you up very well. So it's not their fault. It's my it's fault. It's not anybody's fault. I mean, we live in a faultless world anyway, so. We need to pray. I'm going to pray. Okay, I just didn't know what I was supposed to do, so I'm going to pray. But he took, he took my notes. Let me see. How was I going to lead you in prayer? Um, two things I was going to say. So whoever's hosting, is somebody saying something? Worship leader. Steve, hi. Um, Okay, so I I really would love for people to have an opportunity. If you do not know Jesus, if you have never accepted him, I'm going to give that job to Steve. Steve's going to give you an opportunity to respond and accept that gift of of forgiveness. And then secondly, they're going to lead you in a song that says, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me, okay? And so when they lead you through that song, that's a prayer of surrender and commitment. Like, don't just sing a song. Enter into the truth of that and say, Lord, I want to live that empowered life that that crazy Mary was up there talking about, okay? So to finish my portion in prayer, because I'm leaving, um, there is one more slide, and we're going to pray this as a prayer together. I need to look at it here. God, you're going to pray out loud together. God of hope, fill me with all joy and peace as I trust in you so that I may overflow with hope by the power of your indwelling Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your Lord, I give you my heart. 
Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way. pray this together. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we are so thankful for the breath that you give to us. The only reason that we can even stand in this place, that we can breathe in and out, that we can lift our voices, that we can sing or speak or read or any of those things is because of the breath and the life that you give to us. And so in these moments, as we stand, we stand in in awe and gratitude of the gift of life that you give to us. We just want to be people who continue to reflect your goodness to those around us. Father, again, I know there are so many people in this room here today that have all sorts of things happening and going on in their lives. Some people are having great days. Some people are having really rough days. And so, Father, we just want to speak the name of Jesus over each and every one of the people who are here today. Because we know that as we speak the name of Jesus, we are tapping into and connecting into Holy Spirit power in our lives. We pray this in your name. Amen. Let's declare these songs together. We speak the name of Jesus. Strong 
Street. 
powerful service this has been. If something during the service struck a chord with you, or you'd like to have someone pray with you or have a follow-up question, I'd encourage you to go to heritageqc.com connect, and one of us from the pastoral team will reach out to you. That's also a great way to find out which groups, classes, and events we are currently offering. If you have been impacted by this service, we'd encourage you to consider partnering with us by giving to the Ministry of Heritage Church, which makes programs like this possible. One of the easiest ways to do this is by going to heritageqc.com give. Thank you so much for joining us for worship today, and we will see you next week. Shot in the shadows.